0: everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Mentors on the Mic. So let me give you some context for this one. This past March, I had the pleasure of interviewing the incredible Carol Kirshner for the Girl Power Film and Media Summit, which is created by Imagine This Productions. I'd previously moderated two wonderful panels for the Imagine This Women's International Film Festival, which aims to amplify and empower independent and aspiring women filmmakers from around the world. It promotes equal opportunities for BIPOC women and the LGBTQ community while providing educational support and professional development. I highly encourage you to check them out as a resource. They're on Instagram, YouTube, their website, everything I've included in the show notes. Now on to our mentor, Carol Kirchner. Carol was a senior level creative television executive before becoming the vice president of Steven Spielberg's first Amblin television. She created the CBS Diversity Institute Writers Mentoring Program, which helped develop the curriculum for the WGA Showrunner Training Program. She now works as a sought-after entertainment career coach, mentoring showrunners, TV producers, writers, executives, and more. In this episode, we cover so much. I ask her about her four pillars of success, why it's important for people to create what she calls a personal logline, her advice on pitching, her thoughts on fellowships, and so much more. I loved this interview so much that I actually asked my friends at Imagine This Productions if they'd lend me the audio for this, with Carol's blessing, of course. So there's so much here that I thought you guys would really, really love and appreciate. So without further ado, here's Carol Kirshner. Hi, my name is Michelle Miller. I'm a New York City-based actress and host of the podcast Mentors on the Mic, where I bring amazing people in entertainment as guests, everyone from Emmy-winning producers to directors to writers, and I talk about how they started and how they moved up. So very, very excited about this particular guest because she has this amazing career, but she also helps people like that just get to discover their own journeys, right? From how they've started to how they moved up and she really focuses in on it. So we're in for such a treat. Welcome, Carol Kirshner. Thank you. How are I'm you?
1: Really happy to be here. I, I yeah. love talking to people who are just starting or emerging in their career careers. It's such an exciting and frustrating time. And I love if I can to give some signposts and roadmaps and strategies. It's one of my favorite things to do. I know. I'm I'm so excited really to
0: talk with you because you are such a wealth of information. So this is such a privilege. Thank you. I wanted to just dive right in. So I wanted to start out by asking you what you believe
1: are the four pillars of success. Yeah, so I've been fortunate that I've worked over the years, I like to say it's been a 100 years, with very successful people <laughs> and some people that gave up and went back to Ohio and became insurance salespeople. And I decided to study what made the successful people successful and what made them different from the people who mm. gave up or, you know, retreated. And I studied it and came up with four things, which I call the four pillars of success because I love numbering things. And this is them. The really successful people had all four of these. The first thing was they had blazing hot material, whether they were writers or directors or producers, their projects were undeniable. They had worked on them and honed them until people wanted them. And one of their projects wanted them, wanted to be in business with them. So their material was blazing hot. They had a smart self-marketing strategy, which is kind of a fancy way just to say they knew how to brand themselves in the entertainment industry. And this is in my book, Shameless uh, Self-Promotion there. Hollywood Game Plan, How to Land a Job in Film TV or Digital Entertainment. And also more shameless uh, self-promotion. I have a video course called Carol Kirshner bootcamp. So it's on my website anyways. So I think that your personal PR strategy is made up of three things. And basically what it is, is it's what people think of you when your name comes up because they've worked with you or they know you, or they've heard about you. And you want to be sure that that image that they have of you is the very best it can be. So I think it's made up of three things. Your personal log line, which is about 30 seconds, and it answers the question, what do you do? And in Hollywood, as you know, Michelle, everybody wants to know what you do, but what they really want to know is what you can do for them. So this answers the question, what do you do? And then the second thing is your personal nuggets. And I stole this term from Glenn Mazzara, who was the showrunner on The Walking Dead. And We call it nuggets because it's the gold of your life. It's stories from your life. It's anecdotes from your life. It's what makes you memorable. And then the third thing is what I call your personal A story. It is a chronological narrative of your life with you as the protagonist. And it highlights what makes you successful and what makes you memorable and the narrative drive is where you started, what you had to overcome to get to where you are, where you are, and where you want to go. And that should be about a minute long, a minute and a half. And that answers the question for all of you who've been on meetings when people say, so tell me about yourself. That's the answer to, so tell me about yourself. And a lot of people don't know, and they fumper, and it's, it, they don't make a good impression. They're memorable in the wrong way. So what I encourage the people I work with, my clients, my mentees, is learn it and be ready to say it in a conversational way. So that's Mm -hmm. two. Three is they have a comprehensive community of mutually beneficial relationships that's Mm -hmm. ever growing. They know a lot of people and they're not just taking. It really is mutual. They're not assholes. Well, some of them are. You can't help that. But, you know, <laughs> most of them are decent people. And it's about relationships because, as all of you know, in this business, it's about relationships. And because people will recommend you, people will vouch for you, it's, it's a really risk-adverse business. So if somebody that the person who's hiring, hiring knows, who says, wow, Michelle is fantastic. Then you go, okay, it's a little bit less of a risk because somebody's vouched for her. And the last thing is they're industry savvy. They understand their part of the business. They stay on top of the trends. They know who the players are. They know what's being made. They know how they fit into that ecosystem. And- when people have all four of those successful people I know, that's that's what they have in common. So that's my four pillars of success. Oh my God, I love it. I really could just ask you questions about
0: those four pillars for the next, however long that we have, just because <laughs> they're so fascinating. I, I remember, I mean, I used to go to like agent meetings all the time as an actor, and they would always say that, tell me about yourself. And it took a while to start learning that they not only want to know about your career and your resume, but also about who you are, right? There's like a, it's a combination of things. And you want to answer that in a very succinct way.
1: Exactly. If you're a writer, let's say, your reps, your agent or manager has about four sentences worth of time to tell somebody on the phone that they're trying to set up a meeting for you with. And it's not just, she did this, she did that. It's, you know, she grew up in a cult or she climbed out avarist or something that sets you apart and, and you, you have to know how to tell those stories. So you're right. And and that falls into the, tell me about yourself. Right. And it's a lot of storytelling Then you want to get really good at storytelling, then not just yeah. as not in just
0: in creating content, but being able to vouch for that content. Um, yes. But also and, in a very concise manner,
1: as you said. Yeah. Because the most successful creators know they have to create and they have to sell. Very few people are able to just create. It's not fair. Creative yeah. people shouldn't have to sell, but that's really the reality. And you don't want to be smarmy about it, but you do have no. to be able to promote yourself in a non asshole way. Right. Absolutely.
0: Well, let's go into it a little bit because you talk about this in your book. This is an excerpt that's also taken from your website. So it's obviously something you talk about a lot. But it's it's that log line that you mentioned in the pillar. So in chapter 10, i you know just reading a little excerpt. In Show Business, a log line is a one-sentence intriguing description of a movie or television series. It's what producers throw around to sell their project, and it's what makes viewers clamor to watch it. A personal logline is a few sentences that describe who you are, what you currently do, what you want to do, and what makes you different from other people doing it. An effective personal logline makes a listener want to find out more about you. And I found that really, really fascinating enough to buy the book just from that one excerpt, right? Well, so definitely you. buy the book, guys. It's great. <laughs> but but you think about what that personal logline is. So how do you help someone develop that for themselves?
1: Yeah, I have a four. Well, actually... Again, it sounds like shameless self-promotion, but I, it's something for free. So on my website, which is carolkirshner.com, if you sign up to be on my mailing list, and I barely mail anybody anything, so don't worry about it, you'll get a 31-page ebook on how you create your personal log line. And that's probably a better way to find out that information than I can tell you. I can certainly tell you about it, but, but it's a step-by-step way. To find out how you create a compelling personal logline, what needs to go in it, how you put it all together. And basically what it is, is what you do, how you're different than other people doing it, why you're passionate about it, why you're good at it and what your track record is. And they're just steps that you go through to figure out how to do it. And it's about really thinking it through and not doing it off the cuff. And, and this is sort of my inside tip, which is when you know what you wanna say, write it out in a narrative form because you are all storytellers. You wouldn't be here on a Sunday afternoon evening if you weren't storytellers, but the story is about you. so. Write it all out and then put it in bullet points and practice the bullet points. Otherwise, you sound like you've said this a million times and you're sort of wrote and it sounds terrible and people just tune out. But if you use bullet points, you give it room to breathe and you can improvise a little and you can pause for a minute. And I encourage people to practice it 20 times, sometimes more. And you know, say it into your phone so that you can record it and hear what you sound like. Say it to friends, say it to people who actually like you so that people aren't gonna be mean. <laughs> and say, did that interest you? Were there places that it was boring? Did I sound flat? And get fit, just like you would if you had a film script or a film or a web series and you said to people, tell me what you think and you honed it. So I think this is mm-hmm. as important as your project yeah i call the bullet
0: points i call it a skeleton outline perfect because it's it's something you can just very easily go to if you need it but really it's the main points right so i love that and and practicing 20 times excellent great advice I'm going to now download the 31 pages I'm going to get on your mailing list today. Please do. Uh, It's great. That's, That's amazing. It's free. It's fantastic content. So I was fortunate enough to attend the summit networking event, The Mixer, last night. And I met a lot of amazing people, filmmakers, writers, and a lot of people are developing original content, a lot of it for TV. Right, fantastic. Now's I'm so time. excited to meet so many people. And what are one or two tips that you can give those people to sell, right? They they now have their content or they have a treatment or they have some sort of, you know, they have the content already outlined maybe. How
1: do they then take it to the next level? That is a great question. And as I said to you Michelle, my expertise is in my experience is really television. So I can speak yeah. most to television, although there's a lot of things that are the same for film. Let's say you want to make something in television. You want to be Phoebe Waller-Bridge, let's just say. You need to create. Who doesn't? You know what I mean? You, you need to create that content. In television, an outline means almost nothing. You need to write a script you need to have a Bible, let's say. If you do a web series, and I encourage so many people to do that, and I'm getting ahead of myself here, like if you're looking for management agents or managers, if you send them a script or you're directing reel and you have a link to a project you've made, it's much easier for them to get a sense of who you are. So, okay, so you have a script, you have a film, you have a web series. How do you sell it? Well, the first way and the best way is to get to a buyer, a producer, a studio executive through personal relationships, even if it's six degrees of separation, to get it to them. And here's the great news. Today, there is a door open. I don't know how long it's going to be open, but it's open right now. And I say you go through it now for first time creators, for underrepresented voices, especially for women, women of color. Now is the time. Go through that door. People are dying to have your content that's original, that's about your perspective, your worldview, content that only you can create. So one is through personal relationships to get it to the buyers. The other certainly is film festivals and competitions, because when you do that, if you come in first, if you're the winner or you're first, there's all these 22-year-olds that are working at management companies and agencies and production companies, and they spend their whole life online seeing where the new voices are, who's won contests, and they are interested in your content. The other way is through agents and managers who will get your material out there, of course. And the third way, and I used to say don't bother, but now I really think it's a pretty good idea, is cold email people, cold reach out to them. You have to be clever about how you do it. You can't look desperate, but especially smaller, let's say, management companies, smaller production companies who are hungry for content, who might be willing to look at your work. You always say, I'm happy to sign a release. Never attach a script or your film to it. And and let me do a pet peeve if I can. I'm on social media and people I don't know send me their film, send me their scripts. And I actually did a blog about this. I said, I don't know you. Why would I spend an hour, two hours out of my incredibly busy day? Because I have lots of demands on looking at your material when I don't know you. So please don't do that. It just shows, first of all, it, it shows a lack of understanding how the business works. But what you should do is create a genuine relationship with that person. And if you can start with a relationship and let it grow, you can always ask people for advice and if they spend the time with you and they probably will, cause somebody spent time with, you, they may say, let me see your work. They may. And that's it's like how playing you
0: it. the long game, right? It's like, exactly. instead of going right, you want to, you want to play the long game and you want to support them maybe. And, and not only ask for something, but give as well. Right. Right. So, right? so and, and people underestimate how much they can give because they're only thinking, I think about what they can offer and what they can ask. But there are ways of giving, right? There are ways of supporting people. If that person wrote an article on LinkedIn. You can read the article, comment, say thank you, find them on festivals like this, see their work, respond to it. There are ways of giving back
1: over a longer period of time, right? Where it makes I, I it more maybe more likely. More. Yeah. I could not agree yeah. with you more. And in the book, I, I say for people who have a hard time with networking, and I hate the word networking, it it just conjures up sort of a smarmy agent in a bad suit backing you up into a corner and talking about themselves. But (laughs) connecting is a genuine thing. And if you do a genuine connection, and, and to your point exactly, no matter how successful someone is, you are giving them something if you tell them how much you appreciated their work or their projects. Right. I mean you can be a fangirl, you know what I mean? But but don't be over the top yeah. stalker. Right. Um, there's a limit. There's a there's a balance. Hopefully. There's a fine line um, there, right? Yeah, um, there's a fine line. But that is giving too. You you can offer somebody research. You you can absolutely re- retweet and and comment and forward and share. And people appreciate that. And you do. You're you're absolutely right, Michelle. Totally agree with you.
0: Yeah. What are some tips for when you're in the room? So let's say you've networked, you've done all this stuff, you've sent a release and you're in the room now. You're in Yay. the room with the people that could potentially buy your work, you know, yes. or even a, someone who could represent you.
1: What are some good tips for that? <sighs> that is such a good <laughs> Long question. Uh, yeah. You, you have, have to, to prepare, like, can I use the F word here? I'm going to say yes. No, I won't. I'll just say you have to prepare okay. like crazy. You just <laughs> have to prepare like crazy. Yes, we got a yes. Oh, okay. Patrice said yes. You got to prepare like fucking crazy. <laughs> you have to walk in there knowing who you're meeting with, having done your research because that first part of your meeting is going to be small talk. And small talk, is where you create a personal relationship. So if you've researched and, and there's a couple of ways to do it, research them, be able to say congratulations on your promotion. Do not yes. say I love where you had your daughter's birthday party. That's too stalking. Um, oh yeah, it's personal, but people do it. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Do not do that. But say congratulations yeah. on your promotion. I loved your film, you know, and congratulations on getting nominated and You know, I heard you just got married. Congratulations. A promotion. If you are a tennis player, if you love sci-fi and you know they have done sci-fi pictures, you can find a director. You can find a film to connect with in that first five to ten minutes. Five minutes is probably more like it. And if you don't have any of that, start with a genuine compliment. Don't be ass kissy. Don't say something if you don't believe it, but it has to be authentic. It has to be authentic. And, you yeah. know, you have to decide your style. My personal style is I often would say to people, you know, my life would be made if I had those shoes. Or I once said to Vina Sud, who's who's a badass showrunner, I said, you know, if I had that purple leather jacket, my life would be different. And she just cracked up because she loved her... Find something that you know they love and compliment them on it. But as Michelle said, it's really true. It has to be authentic. Yeah. So prepare that way. Prepare by when you get to the heart of the reason you're there. Be able to talk about your projects. If if that's what you're there to do, you're there to pitch your projects, let's say. Know your log line. Know it really well and concisely. And a logline is, as you said, it's one sentence. It's a really compelling sentence that makes you want to know more. So have your loglines down. Don't make it up in the moment. Be ready to talk about what you bring to a project. Be able to talk about how your material that you've already created is a match for what they're doing. Mm. You have to be able to sell yourself without being salesy. And the way to think about it really is, what can I do for them? Because if they're looking for a director and let's say they're looking for a director who does genre, you know that that's your passion. You're putting it in front of them like someone's wares, you know, and saying, I can give you this. Now they'll want it or they won't want it. But if you're enthusiastic about it, That makes you desirable and you're not there to get anything from that. It goes back to what you said, Michelle, Mm. you're not trying to get, you want to give. And if they're looking and they need that and they need you, you've given them something Mm. and then know when the meeting's over. Don't overstay your time. Don't yes. waste their time. And, and that's
0: away. where I think the desperation gets in, you know, like yeah. if you really milk it and you're like, I'm going to stay as long as possible. And there's a lot of like, you know, I hope you have a nice day. When, when am I going to hear back? A lot of that is oh.
1: desperate energy, right? Yes. Do not say that you do not say, when am I going to hear back? Yeah. What you might say, if you really are just starting out and that person, you're talking to that person, not maybe about what you're selling, but maybe about any advice they might have, you could yeah. say without any pressure, if it's okay, I'd love to just stay in touch every, you know, very occasionally let you know what's going on. Yeah. And if they send you the signal that they don't want it, they'll say, you know, I'm, I'm really busy. You go, oh, no worries. But most people will say, sure. And, and then yeah. you do it every three or four months. You don't bombard them every week with it. Mm. And you do it if something happens to them and you could say, congratulations in the subject line. And I heard that you got X, Y, Z and I loved your X, Y, Z and I'm doing X, Y, Z. Wish you the best, the shortest email you can possibly write. Mm, I love that.
0: I love that also because yeah, there's just so much there. It reminds me a lot of acting actually, because a lot of what we've learned in the audition room is, you know, do the work. understand that whoever's there, usually a casting director, wants you to get it, wants you to be the one that fixes their problems. You're the role, right? so it's it's very similar, it feels like. and then you leave, you do your work and you leave. Don't don't yes. stay, don't chat. Don't ask questions. You did your job, then you can leave now. and and just right. know that that, Work speaks for itself, so I love that. There's that. There's that sort of commonality. I think a bit. Also, I was thinking, would you know, deadline is a really great resource, especially if you're going in for like production companies, because I can feel like even. Do you you imagine like that small talk can even be like congratulations? I saw that your company recently hired so and so, or is that too much? Is that like yeah?
1: No, you should be all over the trades so that you have something to say that's meaningful. And if you can say something about their company, that's fantastic. That's something complimentary, of course. Right, um, right. Yeah, and it shows you did your research, but not in like a over-aggressive kind of way.
0: How right. do you, you kind of hinted at this earlier and I was curious before I ask um, an, an additional question, but how, how do you sort of get an idea for if the production company is a good match for you? Like the feel or tone of what that company's work is. Is there any sort of advice as to how you can narrow down a, this is the type of work this company
1: does, which is why I'd be a good fit for it? Absolutely. And I think it's obvious, but let me just state it. You should immerse yourself in that company's work. You should immerse yourself. You you should have a sense of what kinds of projects they make, the genre, the tone, the platform. And sometimes you're going into a meeting and it's not a good fit. Maybe your agent or manager right. or your aunt or uncle set up the meeting. And then what it really is just about is, a, is creating a relationship. And you can even say, you know what, I love your work, but I know that it's not quite in sync with what I do right now, but I would love to stay in touch. And if I ever have anything that feels like it's, you know, down your down your path, I, I'd love to be able to come back or I'd love to be able to reach out. Is it appropriate to ever, if you guys are getting along,
0: ask for a recommendation for someone they might know that might be a better fit, or is it too much?
1: Well, and I say this in the book, here's what is true. If someone is impressed with you, then here's the code. You say, is there anyone else I should be talking to? Now, if, and you can ask that, and it's no pressure. If they love you and recommending you makes them look good, then they'll pull out their virtual Rolodex. If they, for whatever reason or not, that enamored with you, they'll say, you know what, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but let me think about that. That's code for no (laughs) <laughs> that's code for no or they can't think of anything maybe they'll follow up with you but just take it as a code for no i feel
0: like take just it as either a code way, for just no. to be on the safe
1: side yeah cool. hey, okay and i think you can tell the difference between somebody sometimes i do that i like the person but genuinely i can't think just, of anybody at the moment right. yeah but then don't back people into a say, corner. Yeah. don't ever say will you read my script if you don't know, we talked about this, right? It's still don't worth, it's still worth underlining. <laughs>
0: yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't give them enough. Op- yeah, that's great. Oh, I love that. Okay. Well, we do have a question coming in. Is it the right path getting into fellowship programs if you, if you don't
1: really have any connections in the industry? Absolutely. And you should. Good. you should apply to my fellowship, which is the CBS Diversity Writers Mentoring Program. Yes. And the submission is, the deadline is May 1st. And if you're television, if you're interested in television, you need a pilot and a spec. And my amazing colleague, Jeannie Mao, has staffed every one of our fellows for the past two years. So we have an amazing track record. So yes, it's the greatest way to launch your career if you don't have those connections. Absolutely. Any any tips to set yourself apart from all the many people? Sure. In my program, in most programs, they ask for a letter of interest or a buy. It's the equivalent of tell me about yourself. That is not a Mm. college essay. That is not an essay like you're going on a job interview. It is another writing sample. It is where Mm. you demonstrate how you're different than all the other people. I read in a year for CBS I read 100 of those letters, at least. And you want to be the one I think about at the end of the day when I put them all down. Yes. And, and what I always say is grab people in that first sentence. Put them in a mm. scene. Sh- take me into a scene that you're in and place me there so that I'm emotionally mm. involved from the beginning. I wouldn't waste my time on, my name is Carol Kirscher, my name is Michelle Miller, that you're using up space just take me into a scene where when I was six, I climbed Mount Everest and I discovered a fairy there. And I mean, just tell me something that happened. Here's sort of an inside tip. And not everybody agrees with me, but don't make it traumatic. Don't, unless you're mm. over it, don't make it something that as I'm reading it, I think, oh man, I feel sorry for that person if you're still in trauma about it, don't talk about it. If it's something that comes through in the writing, it will, if you've already worked it through and you can sort of toss it off in a way, you might say that, but that's my own. No, it's a great, that's a great tip. And you're
0: right. It is subjective, but I do think it's important. I think for people to, to know that, you know, that, that, that's, that's a distinction for them that they can use. Oh, that's so great. So yes, but you do think it's a great opportunity. How many people are usually chosen for the CBS diversity? I mean, I know it's not a lot, but it, it is
1: good to know. This year it was ten. The past okay. years have been six to eight. Great. CBS has a mandate to by twenty twenty three have fifty percent of writing staffs be diverse. And so we are a feeder for that. So we have more people than we've had before. That's exciting. exciting. That's very exciting. Let's see if, let's see how that
0: works. That's what I Let's think. see how that goes. It's a great, right, it's a great goal. Wonderful. Okay. Well, I do want to talk a little bit. I know we have a little bit of time left. I do want to talk about the type of classes you offer. You talked a little bit about your bootcamp, or your course, right? Can you talk a little bit more about that and what people can expect if they, they do want or they are interested in it? Sure. Sure.
1: And thank you for that opening of Pushing My Course. <laughs> it's a lot of what's in the book but it's more in depth and there's many more examples. And I find that people really learn a lot from examples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really that's the, it, it's, it's everything you need to know to get your first job. And I, and here's the thing I'm presenting that as something that may be of value to you. I'm not selling that. I am sort of selling it, but if, you, if it's I'm a value now, to you, <laughs> great. If that's something that you think would be helpful, great. If not, also great. Do you, do you feel like the book is for people who want to know the information and then the
0: course or the bootcamp is really for people who want like even more from you, more interaction? Or Is there any interaction? I assume it's just uh, maybe modules or videos
1: mostly. It is exactly modules and videos. Cool. So yeah. So but it's in depth. depth. In depth. And some people want to read it yeah. and some people want to and see and view. Yeah. Yeah. And have those examples. The course is more than the book. So if money isn't is an issue, get the book. If you have a yeah. little bit more and it's not expensive particularly, try the course because it's more. It's more me talking to you specifically.
0: We do have a question coming in. What entry-level positions do you recommend for aspiring producers? And would you recommend a larger company like a talent agency or a smaller production company?
1: That is such a good question. Here's the great thing about talent agencies, a bigger talent agency, is that you will get a 360-degree view of what the business is like. Mm. The downside is they treat you Horribly, it's it's a brutal job. You know what I mean. But yeah. if you can survive, you're going to make connections like crazy. You're going to find out how all of the all of the parts of the business work. And if you want to be a producer, agencies represent production companies, and you may well have an end to that production company. And or you've made friends with the agent that represents that production company. And when they hear of a position, you're the first person to find out about it. So that's the plus of that, a smaller production company. But that is, if you don't want to be an agent, that's a step towards what you want to do. It's like one step removed. It's a great way to get in. If you go with a smaller production company, you have much more hands on and probably a faster way to get to where you want to be, assuming that they're going to promote you. And you really Mm. have to figure out if that's a real possibility without saying, Are you going to promote me? But you can say, If you're up, you know, if you're in a job interview, is there room for growth and promotion? Growth. I love that. That is a great question. Because not not everyone is. I don't
0: feel like every right. environment is a place for people to grow. So it's good to just
1: ask right away, ask at that interview. Right. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't say, can I get three weeks off to go to Hawaii for my friend's wedding in that first interview? But yeah. Yes. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> a great So I think... That it, and it also depends on what kind of person you are. If you have the personality to survive in an agency, you're going to meet a ton of people. In a production company, it's a much narrower silo there because it's just one part of the business, but they may be very nurturing and you may be able to get jump on projects, really get involved at the junior level. I think you got to decide who you are as a person and also what the opportunities are.
0: Excellent. And what about entry level like TV writers, like people who want to be in a writer's room one day? What's yeah. the best way for them to start
1: making those connections? Yes, my daughter is just going through this now. Here's the wow. hierarchy in a writer's room. And I am a mean mother, and I did not help her get any of her job. I made a phone call way at the beginning, but she's done it all herself since then. Anyways. So here's the it's a hierarchy. long it's a long route. So yeah, that that higher that writer's room is I had to Yes, please. So writer's PA, a writer's production assistant. And then from there the next job usually is showrunner's assistant. And then you move up either to the right to the coordinator, script coordinator or writer's assistant. And writer's assistant puts you right in the room and many places the writer's assistant is the next step is a staff writer. And it's a sure step if you're great at what you're doing and your material is blazing hot. So writers, PAs usually just go on runs. They get people coffee in the afternoon and they get people lunch. If you are charming and lovely and you work really hard, you can start to have relationships with the writers on that staff. And if you really work your ass off for them, they may say, You're, you want to be a writer, right? And you go, yes. You never ask them for this. But when they might say, I'm happy to read your material, take them up on it. And I've known a lot of people who were PAs or showrunners assistants who made friends with the writers in their writer's room or the next writer's room. And those people read their material and recommended them to their agent. So it's mm-hmm. a sure bet. No, it's not a sure bet. Nothing is a sure bet. But it's not a sure bet, but you might as yeah. It's likelihood spot. is high.
0: Can you say that? Yeah. Say it again. No, that's important. I said the likelihood is high. I was trying to think of another way of saying it. Yeah, the likelihood sure
1: is high. If you bring to the table all the right, if you're talented mm-hmm. and you've done the work and you have a portfolio and you're you're easy to be around and people like you, I mean, they want, to help you, not everybody, but most people will, if it makes them look good, they want to give you to their agent, if not only are they helping you, but it makes them look like they're good guys and gals. And and, yeah, yeah, I was talking to a
0: couple of TV writers recently, and I was surprised to learn that spec scripts aren't really as popular anymore. Is that something you've heard that people that, that TV writers often have now pilots and stuff or, or episodes of shows that they, but not as much spec scripts. I was, I
1: just learned about this. So yeah. I was curious if you had. Well, it's a good question. And I'm an that. outlier on this. For my program, you have to submit a spec script, which is a script of an existing show and a pilot. I think it's super important to have a spec script. A lot of people say you don't need it anymore. And I think that's bullshit. And I'll tell you why. Okay. If you write one, you will understand how a TV show is structured, how you pace it, how you write it. And I know a lot of, if you're interested in getting staffed on a TV show, I know a lot of showrunners that don't care about your original voice. They don't want to hear, they want to know you can copy their voice because the job is not. Staff writer and and story editor and co-EP even are not there for your own creative vision, it's there to support the showrunner. So I really think it's important. But as I said, I think I'm in the minority on that. No, but still, but you feel
0: like you know enough people that will still ask for it, then it's worth having, right? Have both, have some original content and have a spec script ready, ready to give people. I mean, it shows kind of what you said earlier, you know, preparation, right? Preparation yeah. is key. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much for your time. Where can people find you learn more from you? Let's pitch the book again. Why not? I mean, it's that good. <laughs> how can, how can people get in, stay in
1: touch with you and stay connected sure. with you? I would love them too. It is com is my website. And that's how you can find out what's going on that. You, that's where you can find out what's going with me. And if there's something you want to ask me specifically, email me at carol at carolkirshner.com. Now it may take me a while to get back to you, but I will, but don't send me your script. Don't send me your reel. Don't send me your movie.
0: Everyone listen to that. Listen to that, please, that it's not going to, it's not going to be worth it. So let's not do it.
1: Right. But I I would love to hear from you. I'd love to know what's going on with you. and, And I wish you really good luck. And thank you, Michelle, so much for having me. Thank you. It's great to meet you. My pleasure. Great to meet you, Michelle. I hope our paths cross again.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Mentors on the Mic. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend in entertainment you know would love it. Let me know what you've learned or what stayed with you on our Instagram at mentors on the mic. I love reading your messages. Uh, You can also find me at at Michelle Simone Miller on Instagram. On both accounts, I'll be sharing even more information about our mentors. Talk to someone about what you learned today who would really appreciate it and send them the episode. Also, if you love the show, please go ahead and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It really makes a huge difference in growing this. It makes it easier for people to find our podcast. And I love reading your reviews. So thank you so much. And I'll see you next week.